The text we will reflect on this evening is specifically Romans 8, 25. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Now before I got thrown off with my mic not working quite properly, I wanted to introduce our series that we were going through for these next couple midweek Advent services. From heaven above, from heaven above we receive God's gifts that come to us, and so the gift that we will reflect on tonight is God's gift of hope. And so we will unpack what it means to have Christian hope and the gift that, it, that that is for us tonight and forevermore. So we have this feeling often, uh, a longing for more. Sometimes this feeling can be simple and other times maybe a little bit more complex. For the simple, when I uh, finish a bowl of ice cream, my body begins to long for one more scoop. Or at least my stomach, maybe. I don't know if my body appreciates it. Or maybe even since we're in the Advent season, a simple longing is like that of a child who's anticipating gifts underneath the tree. The newest, greatest toy, the doll that they really wanted, whatever it may be, there's a longing for, an eager anticipation. And I can only but remember that joy that I felt when I was a youngster on Christmas Eve. And I knew in the morning I had presents that I was going to be able to open. That expectation, that longing for more. But Paul talks about something a little bit more complex than that. Neither a craving for more ice cream or a hope for more presence. No, he speaks of it this way from Romans 8.19. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. All of creation is waiting to know who God has claimed as his people. We as Christians eagerly await the day when Jesus will return and call, him, call us to himself. We certainly have joys that we experience here and now, and yet we long and hope for even more. This longing can creep up on us at different times. In sickness, terror, or disappointment, we can long for better days. As we hit those difficult patches in life, we can long for God's peace and comfort to come quickly to us. Either end this strife or bring me home, Lord. In times of joy or ecstasy, we can have this longing for more. I think of the phrase, it doesn't get any better than this. This past week, I was privileged with the opportunity of being able to spend Thanksgiving with nearly my entire family. For Thanksgiving lunch, we went down to my in-laws 
had a wonderful meal with all the kids, the grandkids running around, even the lions won. And so I was just sitting there on the couch, belly full, warm house, laughter, chatter going on, thinking it doesn't get much better than this. And then it did. I got to go down and see my side of the family and my parents. My grandmother came up from Florida. We got to spend even more time together with family. What a wonderful feeling that is. What a joy that brings. But eventually, we had to pack up our stuff and get back in the van and get back to the normal routine. We then quickly recognized the difference that would grow between us as a family. We would no longer be able to share the room together the way we did for those meals. And so we long for that reunion. And there have been times when I've been with family and it's just been a great joy, but there's maybe a member who's struggling with health. And I haven't been sure whether or not the next time I see them will be a reunion here on earth or a reunion in heaven. That separation from the joy that we experience to the longing for more. See, we recognize that here and now life is a shadow of God's blessings. We certainly experience them and they're wonderful, but they aren't quite all the way there. We expect more, we want more, we long for something more. This is not complete. There is more to come. And so God gives us the gift of hope. And there are some characteristic, characteristics of hope that I'd like to reflect on this evening with you. That is waiting, imagination, faith, and character which builds hope. Now, when I was reflecting on this sermon, I, I recalled a, a time just a few weeks ago when I was speaking with somebody who said, I'm sick and tired of hearing preachers preach about hope. And the point that he was getting across was, hope sounds so wimpy, meek. Oh, I hope this happens, or I wish that'll happen. It's kind of limp-wristed, and doesn't really seem like anything that we could hold on to. But I think, I think he was misunderstanding what this hope is that we talk about. Christian hope is so much greater than that. And first it involves waiting. This waiting isn't a, a lazy sitting around, just kind of passing time. No, no, it's so much greater than that. In fact, the way that Paul describes it in Romans is like a woman in labor. And you'd be extremely foolish if you saw a woman waiting in labor and think, wow, you're being lazy. What are you doing? If you want to get a big lump on your head, I suppose you'd say that out loud. No, she's preparing for her child to come. If you've seen a, a pregnant woman getting ready, she prepares her whole house, she gets it all in order, and then her body is, is getting everything ready for this child to come into the world. 
She's not passively waiting. She's active in this waiting. And yet, she has to wait on the Lord for His timing. There's only so much she can do to coax this baby along. It's in God's hands. Or maybe if you have a hard time relating with that imagery, I'll offer another one that I've noticed since living here in Frankenmuth. It's kind of like a farmer who's waiting for the harvest. Now, if a farmer plants a field, tends it, allows it to grow, watches it and cares for it as best he can, he would be extremely foolish to not prepare for the harvest. Because it'll come in God's time, and then it will need to be picked. And if it doesn't, you'll ruin at least a portion of your crop. And so this waiting that we have, this aspect of hope of waiting, is one that is active. We prepare for the harvest that is to come. So we as Christians prepare ourselves for Jesus coming. We share the good news with others. We prepare our hearts through Bible study and devotion that we might be ready for God's harvest. And, and in this waiting, there's a component that God uses that I'll call imagination. We imagine out loud both giving and living as pictures of what's to come. This is seen in the prophet Isaiah. He paints picture after picture of what he does not see now, but he knows is to come. God calling all people unto himself, not just those who God has put his name on in the Old Testament, but even the Gentiles coming to the Lord's mountain. Or the book of Revelation, where we see the Lamb who sits on the throne and will return in glory. See, Romans, Paul puts it in Romans this way, for, we, for this hope we, have, uh, we were saved, excuse me, for in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? We do not know when the day is coming that the Lord will return. We do not know what exactly all of that will look like. And yet, by God's grace, with his word, we can envision what is to come and we can share that vision with others as a source of encouragement as we hope. This hope finds its content in faith. If we hope in anything other than Jesus Christ, our hope will fail Jesus is our, our faith that we hold on to. As the writer of Hebrews states, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Those things that we can't see, those things that are unknown to us, that God is doing, we can't make sense of unless we put our faith in Jesus Christ, who is seen. He has come down. To us, he's taken on our sins. He's died on the cross. He's risen from the grave. And he is the first fruits of those who will rise from the dead. So as we wait and imagine what is to come, we look to Jesus Christ, 
who is the perfecter of our faith, who shows us perfectly what it means to live in a perfect relationship with God. And Jesus faced suffering. As, Romans, as Paul says in Romans 5, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. As we struggle and strain in this life and in the world, we look forward to a day that is to come. And as we wait and we go out and share this good news with others, and maybe you were rejected for doing so, as we face trials and difficulties in this life, our perseverance through the suffering will only produce character, and that character produces hope. This hope that is given to us by the Holy Spirit. And this hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. When we anticipate Christmas gifts under the tree, there might be a few that we really think are going to be life-changing. If I just have this, oh, things are going to be so much better. All my problems and worries will go away. But time after time of putting our hope in things of this world, we begin to recognize how futile, futile that can be. If we put our hope in anything other than Jesus, we will surely find disappointment. But in Jesus Christ, our hope is secure. We will not be disappointed when our hope is in Him. Or as Paul puts it in Colossians, he describes hope as this, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus Christ is our hope. His sacrifice on the cross, His love, His power, His wisdom, His victory over death, His promises and His constant presence with us. Christ in us gives us hope. And so this Advent season, may Christ dwell in you and give you this Christian hope that is so wonderful and so great and unlike so many other gifts, will never disappoint us. In Jesus' name, amen.